subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Let's talk to Jimmy, who's in Conway, on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Jimmy, welcome in. You've got some thoughts on the the conference realignment discussion that ceases to end, it seems like. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, I'm thinking about all this realignment and the schools going here and there, and I I, got to tip my hat to Frank Bulls. I just... What was so uh, what was so good about Arkansas and South Carolina that the SEC said we're going to take you two into the league? It's not like we're a major market. Uh, I, I just I, I got to believe it was Frank Bulls talked his way into the league. He was that good, and he got us into this league. Or, or we'd be sitting out there with some of these other guys saying, "Well, we're probably in the Big 12. But we'd be like, lost, no one, because, you know, they're not going to come after Arkansas. We don't have a big market. We're not bringing a lot of money to the table, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of houses or whatever. Well, hang on, Jimmy. I, I agree with everything you just said because I, mean, I, I think it's indisputable. But the other thing that I think pairs and goes along with that, because we know these, these conversations about movement of this nature, even 35 years ago, you know, all happen a year or two in advance. Arkansas joins the league in 90. So when were those conversations probably birthed about making that move? Back-to-back Southwest Conference That's Championship. That's exactly where I'm headed. You know, Arkansas was having the success on the football field when Quinn Grovey guided them to back-to-back Cotton Bowls, Southwest Conference titles. Um, Frank Broyles' vision, you, you, you're exactly right. But it also comes on the heels of where Arkansas was, was at the best it's been as far as championships Yeah, in anyone's lifetime that's probably under the age of 50. Mm-hmm. So that, that, I, th- I don't think that can be left out of out of all of that either. Yeah, and I and that's where I, I had this, literally I had this written down 89. Oh, did you? I did. Yeah. I, as you were talking, it was funny because we, yeah. we, we immediately thought the same thing. Right. So while we don't think of Arkansas having traditional success in the SEC, which we don't, they did at that time, as Tommy was saying that, and I don't know if there's any truth and the basketball. I mean, I think that basketball. Not to. I'm sorry, to interrupt. Basketball was more valued then as part of conference membership than it is now. The SEC needed someone to be the foil to Kentucky. That's, Arkansas was a program that Nolan was on the rise, and the 1990 Final Four. I promise you, didn't hurt the conversation at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, basketball is. It's like the shop building. The detached garage you buy behind the house anymore. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the football is the house. That's the mansion. Yeah, the little the little twenty by by fifteen building out back where you store your junk. That's basket. And I'm not saying basketball's junk. I'm just saying in the equation of buying stuff uh, in conference realignment, it's all based on football. Mm-hmm. And if, it, if I if I was wrong, then Kansas would be. Be, be be a program that everyone was after. No one's after Kansas. Is there any truth to the? Crossing T's and dotting I's that was done at Augusta between Frank and Roy Kramer. That's the I know. Yeah, rumor. but I mean, but let's. I mean, no, they 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 absolutely he, visited Augusta National, but to, he, to think that the SEC commissioner couldn't well, get on here's, Augusta. Is here's what I'm possible. saying uh, to that point. You've had you have Jerry Jones, who's very much in the public eye. Frank Boyles, who's about as cool as it gets mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the respect and command level. He is, like, he in essence, and I know cool is maybe a, a new age term or whatever, but I mean, he was just, 
it, people had such a respect for him. I mean, he was on ABC's number one team with Keith Jackson at one point. He's a football coach. He's the athletic director. He, he seemingly knew everyone in college sports. Well, like, did. his way to go about communicating, and he was one of the biggest figures. Highly respected. That, yes. That's how you sum huge. that up. His, uh, and uh, the, I think I met Frank Boyles once. But that was the person I know in the Boyles family is his granddaughter, Bo, who's a year younger than me. And she had those same attributes that, like, she just commanded respect, highly liked. And, again, no one's going to ever touch the Frank Boyles. But that... It was like again, looking in a mirror for you, wasn't it? It was... Yeah, and she's a little prettier than, <laughs> than Frank was. But Bo just had that those those qualities. And, and that was one of the things... I remember us talking about her grandfather and some of the things that she instilled with him. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. So, um, good call, Jimmy. But, uh, you know, what's going on now, I think if Coach Broyles was here, we all, th- you know, thought he had a vision for what was going to happen. I don't think Coach Broyles probably would have ever had a vision that would have seen what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, though. No, I don't think he could have. I don't think he'd ever foreseen that, that, that the Pac-12 30 years from now is going to pretty well dissolve. But Jimmy's know? Jimmy's 100% right. I mean, Arkansas would be probably at the Big 12 nope. at this point or, or you'd have to travel mm-hmm. an extensive amount to the ACC or what's to come They would be Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's probably a good comparison at this and point. We compare those two programs a lot as uh, as we get ready to bring in Richard Davenport, but they'd be stuck. Yeah. No and dance that. partner, going to be left in the Big mm-hmm. 12. That's it. We'd be Oklahoma State. And you bring up RD as we welcome him to the conversation once again on the McCarty-Daniel hotline. Richard... You've seen it already with a couple of decommitments to Cal and Stanford and other schools across what is still remaining of the Pac-12. What have you noticed immediately about how realignment has affected recruiting this early on? Well, uh, even when the uh, uh, I guess the first two uh, two left the Pac-12, USC and UCLA, the first thing I thought of naturally was uh, just recruiting student athletes, high school kids and and telling them now you're gonna have to travel uh, you know, possibly you know, three different time zones uh to play uh play for UCLA or USC and, and that, that 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 has to take a toll on the body and it just uh, I, I think you know also obviously it you know makes it difficult for for the family to come see you. But at the same time if there's a particular timing that's good for this, it's NIL. NIL, uh, you know, can be part of uh, the recruiting process. And I mean, obviously, it's not supposed to be used the way it is right now. But let's face it, it's going to be uh, going forward. But uh, you you can recruit a kid and and basically say, you know, travel for your parents will be taken care of. Uh, so that's that's something that I think that uh, is obviously a plus for those schools, but at the same time, I think the wear and tear on on uh, coaches and kids uh, to to go to to travel to games, uh, especially at night game night games for uh, say an Eastern or Central Time Zone uh, team uh, to to the West Coast is is brutal. I, I know a Power Five uh, coach who uh, in the Central Time Zone, who uh, uh, he and his uh, his team went out to the West Coast for a, for a night game. They didn't get back till six o'clock the next morning. Uh, it was around five or six. It was around six o'clock in the next morning. That that is just brutal. And, and you know the coaches basically just had to get up, uh, get off the plane, and go to work. Uh, and then if you're a student athlete and you need to uh, uh, you need uh, uh, treatment for an injury or whatever. You basically just get off the plane and, and, and um, almost head just to the uh, to the football complex. So it, it, that is just that that was just mind blowing to me, and that's the first thing that entered my mind when I heard that uh, USC and uh, and UCLA was joining the Big Ten, and now you got four teams joining the yeah. Big Ten, and then then. Then, then you have uh, Arizona, uh, you know, joining the Big Twelve. Yeah. I don't know much about it, but I heard Phil talking about a baseball player yesterday that was committed to UCLA, that is now going to be a Razorback because of, uh, in large part, this conference realignment and the uncertainty and the travel and all these things. You can kind of read into some of that, but Arkansas has reaped uh, a reward in, in baseball, from what I was hearing Phil lay out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, 
it, it doesn't surprise me. It, it, you know, obviously, we won't know the, uh, the full effects until all, all all the teams go to their particular uh, new conferences and 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 for three or four years into the process, but. Uh, I, it, it, I think it is enough to scare uh, kids uh, from wanting to, uh, you know, uh, go to those schools that uh, are going to have to go through from West, you know, Pacific time to, to possibly East Coast ta- time. And it just, uh, it's, uh, it's not. I, I hate flying. And if the longest flight I've ever had was nine hours. But, you know, I don't think they're going to have that, but. Uh, you know, nowadays, I like, get you know, on a plane and it's three hours. It, it, it just, uh, it's brutal. It just, I, I, I don't like it. Now, obviously, these guys are younger and all that, and it's a little bit of an excitement to see new, new places and new cities and, and, and venues and stuff like that. But at the same time, you got to take that into consideration in the recruiting process. Yeah, Richard Davenport with us here on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. I think, and Chuck's brought this up. We've we've talked about this this topic. I want to ask you about. We're all paying attention to the wrong thing right now with this realignment. Everybody thinks the winners and losers are based on the money, and I understand you know money can lead to wins, but you know the Big Ten can beat their chest all they want about more members and money and all these things, but the scoreboard is the championships. The scoreboard is the wins on the field. And we never need to lose sight of that as fans. And people are worried that the Big Ten's pulling ahead of the SEC. What was it you said, Ty? They've won one championship in 17 years? Yep. Ohio I mean, State's the only team. Ohio coming. State won. You know, Richard, we, we never need to lose NIL money, TV money, all this stuff. The scoreboard should still be, are you winning or are you losing? And uh, I think some, some of this stuff gets our eyes off the, the wrong prize. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, obviously, that's that's the number one thing. Uh, but at the same time, it, I, I, I I tend to agree. I, I don't think this makes the Big Ten more competitive uh, and a threat to the SEC on the football field and all the on the athletic front. Uh, I, the only thing that I, I could see is obviously is that uh, it, it, it opens up more. Recruiting areas for for the Big Ten, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the teams in the Central and Eastern Time Zone for for California talent. But uh, I, only time, like I said, on three, four, ten years from now, we'll, we'll have a better idea about that process. Richard Davenport with us here on the Morning Rush, McCarty Daniel Hotline. Richard, if the SEC brought Clemson and Florida State into the league, would that do anything to recruiting? Considering you're already in both states. You know, I, I think it, it continues to uh, up the brand a, a little bit, uh, you know, especially football-wise. Uh, but uh, I, I just think the SEC has positioned itself, especially with the addition of uh, Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, position themselves to to be continue to be the leader in in, in most sports, and especially in football. And uh, you know, obviously, if Florida, you get Florida State or Clemson both in. I mean that uh, that's another feather in your cap. But I don't. Is it a huge thing? I, I don't think so. But I, I think it, it, it is a. It does help some. You know, at mm-hmm. least uh, from a national perspective. Richard, first games in twenty four days. Help me on the rules again. Can they host recruits at War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock? Can they host Little Rock or or Central Arkansas? No, or? they can't. No, 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 they can't. Uh, now kids can still uh, come to the games, but they have to pay for their own ticket and stuff like that, uh, and and can't have any 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 interaction with the coaches. So, uh, there will be some kids that buy their own tickets, especially uh, you know kids from from Arkansas or, or something like that that maybe have family members that already have tickets. But uh, for the most part, I I, I just don't see you now. A state kid saying, "Yeah, I want to travel," you know. Uh, five six hours and pay my own pay my own way for his tickets and not have an opportunity to interact with the coaches so instead of eight games generally that most college football coaches get to recruit to arkansas has six because the a&m games considered a home game and the little rock games that correct so they only have six compared to eight that they can actually host visitors in fayetteville 
Yeah, no, they can give uh, tickets to kids uh, to, to the Arlington game okay. uh, if they're the home team, but they cannot have interaction with the kids before or after the game. So uh, the kids can come and uh, watch the game, you know, uh, as guests. But uh, again, there's no interaction with the coaches and the kids. Yeah, just on the high school front, I mean, every, everybody's camping now. You got, you know, we've been focused on Sam Pittman and his team, but. All the high school teams are well underway in camps, and uh, I know a lot of the scrimmages and benefit games will be be happening next week. And you know, I think for people that don't pay close attention, don't have a kid or a grandkid involved, Richard, we're we're creeping pretty close to the start of the season. Week zero uh, was that August twenty Friday, August twenty fifth. Be a lot of games that weekend. Yeah, well, it's it's about to ramp up, like you said. It's uh, you know, it's that first week or two, you're always uh, you know. Always kind of like a kid in a candy store looking at all the uh, matchups, and because usually there's some really good matchups. But uh, uh, and then and then another thing there is your mind is just the heat, and you know you you're 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 a guy you know used to play. You think, man, I know I'm, I was always happy when October came because <laughs> I, I just did not like the heat and putting those pads on. But uh, that's 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 the way it is. Richard, oh, go ahead. Um, I I wonder your thoughts is back to the again the changes in in realignment. We were kind of talking about this yesterday with the expenses going up, with various things changing in college football. Are, are we going to see an excessive amount of elimination of sports on campuses based on just the expenditures that we'll see rise within college athletics? I don't think so because I don't think the presidents and ADs would go forward if they knew that that was a. That, that, I'm sure they crunched the numbers and and uh, figured it all out. I mean, I, I just tend to think that uh, you talking about bad. I mean, you, they're already suffering for bad uh, PR right now. Can you imagine having to eliminate uh, some sports uh, because of uh, uh, of uh, you know going to a different league? I, 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 I would be surprised if uh, if that happens, but uh, again, I, I, you don't. We won't know again until a few hours into the into the uh, after after it happens. Richard, we'll leave it there this morning. Hope you had a good staycation last week, uh, and hopefully you had a good time with Phil. And we'll uh, we'll talk next week as we get closer to this this upcoming season. All right, guys, have a good one. We're going to hear from uh, Andrew Armstrong, an upcoming wide receiver. I say upcoming. He's in this current wide receiver class that you brought in as a transfer. Also, Kenny Guy and your wide receivers coach as well. We'll do that in the 7 o'clock hour. Tommy, I did want to ask you about this. Dabo Sweeney signed a Clemson, I don't know if it was a student or just a, a, a female fan, that got a leg tattoo of him. On that, what would you do if a Morning Rush listener, an ESPN Arkansas fan, came up to you with a Tommy Craft tattoo? And well, I question their sanity. First of all, okay. um, if someone asks you to sign anything, because I mean, I don't consider us famous. We might be well known, but we're not famous. You know, we're not rock stars like like Dabo Sweeney or Nick yeah. Saban. Uh, but so, if someone asks you to sign something or take a picture you always i always do that because i mean that's you know it's just the right thing to do i i don't think i'm going to uh to probably be encountered with that that request but uh I would really worry about someone's mental uh, stability if they had that tattooed on their body. On the body. You and Chuck dogged me pretty hard for my signature because it's just kind of short. It's just tie R. And uh, I got pretty, I got ripped pretty good from you two when I signed that football. If you're going to have an autograph that, yeah, I mean, particularly on something like a football where your name is being placed alongside the signature of the voice of the Razorbacks, you, you got to step your game up Chuck there. immediately goes, well, that football, after after I signed it, he goes, well, that football just got devalued. Yep. And I was like, well, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of lies in that statement at, at this point in time. But I, I guess I need to I guess I need to work you on that a little work bit. Work on getting your, your, your signature the well, same I, every time? No, I, I, That'll I, raise its value, I, Ty. I do the same every time. I, the, the rule of thumb is you're not supposed to sign your signature on a football like you would signing on what they, a document. That, well, it's got to be the same. That way it's it can be validated. So when they take it to Pawn Stars out there in, in Vegas and, and Rick calls in the expert that they can say, oh, yeah, this see this Ty Richardson? This one was verified in, in 2012, and now... Now we got this one here. It's the same. And the experts can come in, and then they can raise the value up to a quarter. 
you know, a whole quarter. <laughs> if you could have any signed memorabilia of Ooh. any Razorback or Arkansas, or sorry, non-Arkansas sporting event or just athlete, and dead or alive. Mm. I'm not a big autograph collector. Not a, I'm not a big collector of anything, sports collection stuff, but uh, and I've got a few here and there, but do what? Whichever is worth the most money, that's the one. Yeah, I mean. So you could sell it, so you could pawn it. Yeah. You, know the most, you know the most desired athlete signature, don't you? Is, I've talked to collectibles people. This is coming from people that deal in this every day. Is it the, the, the T. Honus Wagner card or no, whatever? No, I'm talking about Arkansas athletes. Oh, it's Matt. It's the guy that sits in that chair you're sitting in. Nice. Yeah. Nolan Richardson's the only one more sought after. I've got to pick with I've got to pick with Nolan. He's incredibly nice. Um, I don't think I have anything Frank related. That would be cool to have. I do have a. I think there's one in my office. A Frank Boyle's autographed signet. You know, football. One of those. One of those footballs that has the white panel on it. The yeah. Sign. I think the most. I've, valid- got a, I've got a Brett Bielema one too. Anybody? You know, I'm give that to the kids. What to, happened to your, Chad, the yard. your Chad Morris one? Didn't you have a Chad? I never Morris? had a Chad Morris football. I do have a picture That's with a me and my brother and Chad Morris that. Uh, you know, if you ever need to get yourself grounded again, you know, hey, hey, get yourself centered. <laughs> Go look at that photo. All right, things could be worse. Could you know? be worse. Could things be worse. Could be worse. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach. And if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Let's take some calls, starting with Sterling in Center Ridge. Sterling, go ahead, man. You've got some thoughts on uh, this question this morning. Yeah, I got thoughts on the question. I'm gonna compare y'all to another national show that y'all are kicking their butt. But uh, first. Uh, I'm with Tommy. Uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't take that switch. I know, Ty, you talk about they don't feel less about that national championship, but they're in that league and and won the national championship. They didn't leave that league. I mean, you right. snap your fingers and you drop and you drop down and win the national championship. You're going to feel, I mean, yeah, we're celebrated. We're going to have a good party, but at the same time, you're going to have people in Alabama, Mississippi, who we associate with, friends, and Rivalries that you met, not really rivalries, but teams that you've been playing for the last thirty years. Going to say, "Oh, swallow it down." You had to drop down to do it. You couldn't do it in the We said about teams to do it now. Hey, it's, it's Sterling. It's like that. It's, it's like the story Sam Pittman told in media days when he won the 
won the shot put state title at the in the 4a or whatever in oklahoma and his dad said hey you want to hang around and watch the guys throw in the 6a <laughs> and he said i wouldn't even made the final right. so i mean yeah he's a, he was the 4a state champion or whatever as he was telling the story media days but he wouldn't even made the finals in the 6a so i mean i think i think that's a good analogy that coach gave that uh of, of what one. we're talking about here Exactly. And, uh, you know, I don't know if y'all ever listened to Cowherd, Kenny, but he talked about quarterbacks that can't win the Super Bowl. And he named off the Wayne Haskins. Yeah. Now, true enough, that's a true statement that he can't win the Super Bowl. But he's the chief. And he has a staff. I imagine he has a larger staff. I'm just assuming he has a larger staff than you, Tommy, and Ty that works with him and and all his resources that he maybe. had. Well, nobody you think that. Maybe, maybe just a little bit. I think the Fox Sports expenditure report is just think, uh, slightly more than all we're... of our staffs here in this room, Sterling. Yeah. For this show. <laughs> but, but, but not for one person not to catch that. And if, if, if mistakes like that that make people like me think that they could they work in the industry. <laughs> I mean, how do you make that mistake when that guy talks NFL all the time? Yeah, well, when you deal in when you deal in a high volume of words, a few of them are going to come out right. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things we say that probably aren't spot on, totally a hundred percent past muster. Yeah, I just chalk it up to my lack of intelligence, and people kind of come to grips with that. Uh, Cowherd, I would think, prides himself on being smart, and uh, I don't have to do that. So people just <laughs> are just like, all right, yeah, tie another tieism. Uh, right. It ties two shirts Pota- to the wind. Potato, potato, yeah. tomato, same yeah. thing. So, Starley, appreciate the call this morning, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week, okay? Yeah, you have a good one. Hey, you too, buddy. Let's talk to Charlie and Camden here on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Charlie, good morning. What's up, guys? Hey, Tommy. What? Speaking of that, we're talking about ESPN and stuff like. Why don't you and uh, Ty have more like uh, debates? Like, just go after each other. You know, it'd it be respectful, but you know, it's all love. <laughs> but uh, just need a rep to screw let, over let, Arkansas this year, and you'll see uh, one of those. You'll see one of those bride and live, and you'll hear it too. I'll be, I'll be hacked off, and Tommy will. And he won't know the logic. rule. He won't know the rule. Won't have to, or why? Why, why it turned out that way? He'll just yell without having any basis of fact. You know. <laughs> Well, Tommy, you know, you, you know, sometimes you, you, you just you, sometimes you just get tired of arguing your little brother, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what it turns into, you know. Well, I mean, and that's true, but you got to take it from Ty. I mean, he gets enough here. I mean, you and Clay. I mean, golly, y'all just y'all go after him. So I, I, I'm like, Ty just needs to. One day he's just going to go off. <laughs> no, but uh, I was going to say about the receiver room real quick. I think one thing that we're hearing that's a little bit different this year. Last year, you know, going into camp. I think they kind of had this idea of who was going to get the number one reps, and yep. they just threw those guys out there, even if it was portal guys, whatever. This year, the good thing that I'm hearing is they're really opening this thing up and letting everybody you know, compete for that one, those top three spots. And I, even Kenny Guyton said yesterday, you know, I made that may have made that mistake last year, mm-hmm. and you know, you learn, we all learn from our mistakes. So I think that's a good thing. I think that's going to. I think all these guys are going to play. By the way, what what do y'all think we are about nine deep at receiver? Seriously, he said. I don't know if we have. He said nine what? or ten yesterday. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that a hundred percent, but he did. And, and Charlie, uh, Charlie, it's about it's an SEC depth. Yeah. No, that, that, that's my question. It's not the numbers. They got guys on yeah. the roster. They got uniforms and everything. I mean, but are, are they SEC depth? Are they SEC quality? Yeah. You know, we don't know if we got thoroughbreds or plow mules. So that's yeah. what we got to find out. I, I and Charlie appreciate the call. I honestly don't care what Isaiah, Bryce, Isaac, or any of those guys do until September the twenty third. I don't care what they do against Western Carolina. I don't care what they do against Kent State. I don't care what they do against BYU. I want to see what you can do as a man when you walk in the Death Valley. Even if you lose, you may you may feel good about some things. Yes, because two years ago, it was, think about this. Two years ago with Traylon Burks, your offense was awful in that game. If it wasn't for some heroic efforts from K.J. Jefferson and, and a Cam Little pipe field goal right down the pipe in OT, you lose that game. And now, again, you're asking Arkansas to go up against a better LSU team that they faced two years ago defensively with a whole new crop of wide receivers. 
a new offensive coordinator. I mean, there's a lot of things that are questionable up in the air, but you bring up the guidance point. I want to play that clip from yesterday because it's important. He, he was honest and open about, eh, maybe messed up a little bit last year. Learned a lot, man. You know, college football landscape kind of changed a bit in the last two, three years, and I think we're all kind of learning. I made some mistakes last year with some things, and I vowed to myself and my players and my coach and the other coaches that I wouldn't do those same things. And I think it's happened the right way this year. And I think it's kept a lot of mindsets really involved to where they understand we're competing. You know, that's very insightful about Kenny Guyton right there. Because, I mean, you got to have some ego and some pride some uh, about you to, to operate and be successful in college football or really any at the top of any industry. Agreed? And, 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 and he doesn't speak to the media a lot. And the, the, the one or two chances in a year that you're talking to the media, you're going to say, hey, I made all these mistakes and learn from I, I think that that's very insightful about his growth as a coach. And the idea that a coach like Kenny Guyton, there's some young guys on the staff and he's amongst those. Of course, they're going to be better at their job this year than last year. They better be or Sam should get rid of them. Yeah. And you know, so the fact that he recognizes, hey, I could have handled this better. I could have rotated these guys different. I could have done this different in in my job. I, that's great stuff right yeah. there. Not, not a lot of coaches would come out and, and, and say it the way he just said it. Yep. And here, again, I think Sam Pittman said something eerily similar in the spring. And I don't think it was just about that position. I think he was talking about Jaden Hazelwood. But I think there might have been another position or two where guys they brought in as transfers were just assumed starters, didn't necessarily have to earn it. That's something he talked about that he learned a little bit. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I just think about it. I mean, you think about your job here, you know, I'll start year 19 here in a couple of weeks. I mean, are you better today at what you do than you were three years ago? Of course you are. I mean, I, I, think, I think about, I, <laughs> I, I, I just think about, you know, some of the dumb things I did when I was first running this, that, that you just learn by trial and error. Unfortunately, I had a lot more leash and liberty than running wide receivers <laughs> or running a position group at a place like, an SEC program where you're in the spotlight. You get to get to learn, and you get to learn from your mistakes. I mean, every foundation of success is built on failures, right? I mean, you learn from the things you did wrong. You say, all right, I'm not going to do that again. Learn my lesson there. The key is to not make the same mistakes twice or be so prideful, so blinded by your, your ego that you can't, you can't move past it. And um, you keep doing things the same way over and over, getting the same mediocre result hard yeah and to kind of piggyback off that Petrino comes to mind you know his comments about you know being not being the head coach and when he was a head coach you know they're the ones who run everything and you got to have a leader at the top and Petrino said he understood that so yeah it's it, yeah but good leaders still need other leaders in their yeah, organization yeah 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 for for sure for sure <coughs> <coughs> Very thankful for Zach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a fun question. Here's a fun question you can Christian, answer. you're doing a bang-up job, too. I'm still waiting, still waiting on my... Uh, I'll pat myself on the back. I've never done don't, that before. Don't tear that, that rotator cuff By the way, my shoulder, my shoulder is hurting right now, which is not and great. All the back padding. Uh, I'm, I meant to tell my buddies, I guess from playing golf twice this weekend, I'm getting older because uh, never used to have... Not even 30. A round of golf shouldn't be One, bothering you. Two rounds. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Um, here's a fun question you can answer publicly right. and, and put me in the uh, the blast zone. What's the dumbest thing I've done in five years? There's a lot to choose Here, from. Where's that list? Yeah, <laughs> You've got a running tally, a running count. I, I don't, don't know, but one of the funniest things, and you kind of got set up on that, was that first trip you went on to Media Days and you came back with a like... Nine hundred dollars of bar receipts. Uh, that was oh, God. that was he did. I mean, it was just uh, he thought well, we'll just expense everything. I think he bought everyone's drinks in Hoover yeah, that well, year. So I was told that <laughs> hey, we get to expense all this, and so uh, and the time I the, the time stamp on some of those receipts were very insightful as well. So yeah, that is the one time. Listen, you got you, you may have gotten set up on that deal. Yeah, I have never, um, and this is legitimately honest Tommy can <laughs> Tommy can attest to this uh, our other staff members Smackdown Drew John whoever's been here can tell you the same thing I have never once slept in for a show with the exception of that one Thursday after media days too many 
White Claws and beers at Gabriel's, and I slept through six alarms that next morning, and John had to get me and wake me up. Mm-hmm. That was the one time, and I learned my lesson after that. I, I have three alarms that I go through every single morning, and uh, but that was the one time that I almost missed a show. I have not done Do that Do you think since. that's the dumbest thing you've done? Yeah, it's probably, I mean... I mean, I, hey, there's numerous to choose from, but that's, that's I missed, up there. I missed an old, I don't know, it's been a year ago or yeah, whatever. That's funny. I've never missed, that's the one and only time. I mean, and just I was sleeping on the couch for some reason that night. I can't remember. What, there were some details that went into it, but. Uh, I just thought it was funny because you kept apologizing to me. Oh. I was like, I don't, it's okay, dude. I don't, I don't care. Yeah, but as a, as someone who does this job, that's like the cardinal sin you never want to break. Yeah. I don't care what else happens. Six o'clock, you better be in the chair, ready to go. You learned your lesson early on, yeah. Christian. You had to you had to buy an alarm clock and, and <laughs> set some more alarms. It's it's yeah. It's, it's, initially, the, it's the hardest part of this, just, maybe. Just getting up, getting used to it. To Once you get point. used to it, you can't even sleep past four. So know. the expenses. Okay, that's not as bad as I. That's not that's not horrible, right? You you were set up to turn in receipts and you didn't get paid. Yeah, uh, you're, you're still learning. I got uh, now my check got ripped that month because I thought I was not going to have to pay for those drinks and stuff. Turns out I did, so I did. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't think we had electricity or running water that week because yeah. I wasn't able to pay for it. But you know, I but you learned a lesson, didn't you? Yeah, you did. I did at that point. Uh, back to the wide receivers as we uh, got sidetracked there for a sec. I thought it gets, and we talked about this a little in hour number one. You lost five of your six pass catchers. This is, it, it's really hard to convince me that this unit is going to be better than what you had in 2021 or 2022 based on what you know. But you've got a better quarterback because KJ's in year five with the program, year three with Pittman. You've got, or, oh, sorry. Your four, yeah, your fourth bit. Excuse me. You've got better running backs because Rocket's older, AJ's older, Rashad's older. I mean, you've got better running backs. O line. I don't know if you can say they're going to be better than maybe 2021. Defensive line. You've had some studs before Trey Williams, Jonathan Marshall, Jordan Dominic, but maybe this defensive line is the deepest that Sam's ever had. Linebackers. It's really hard to outdo Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry, and Bumper Pool. A healthy Bumper Pool. They had 2021, but I think you're excited about Paul, Greer, Thomas, and some of the other guys. Secondary, you'll have to wait and see. This who's, might... who's going to be the Drew Sanders? And here's what I mean by that. Who's going to be the transfer? And I, I think you'd already know if you had one. I, I think the answer is you, right now you probably don't have one. That's just, oh, man, we really hit the lottery. I, I think it's Singletary. I, maybe. I, I think that he got... And maybe that's harder to stand out at that, you know, on the line. Yeah. But uh, you've got to have that one... Because you knew in the spring when Drew Sanders showed up, man, this guy's speed and he's willing to hit. And, he chased and, down and he, came, and he came from Alabama, so that yeah. that helped as well that to, to validate your thoughts on that. You need, you know, you're not going to have one of those every transfer portal, but you know, there needs to be a player that out that outdoes, outperforms expectations. If I and I think I said this earlier this week, if I had to pick one guy that I'm most excited to see on offense and defense, it's Singletary on defense, and it's Armstrong on offense that are transfers to this point, and we'll hear what Coach Guyton had to say about Andrew coming up in just a bit, but it's those two, it's those two guys right there. And I don't know if they'll have the impact that Drew Sanders did last year, because he was just a, a heat-seeking missile at times, but I think there is an, an excitement level when you crack the Georgia-Alabama defensive rotation, which Singletary I think played in three games last fall for the Bulldogs, so We'll have to, to wait and see on it. I just, and I hate this one for his health. Quincy, of course, that's what you care the most when you're in a, what could have been a fatal car wreck. That's the first and foremost concern is okay. But you're already pretty solid at corner right now. I, if, if that hadn't happened, I just wonder how much better you would have been if he was there mm-hmm. in the road. Well, and, and it didn't get is, better when you lost. Yeah, him, this is sure. under the speculation he's not going to play, which I think is pretty fair to this point. But my goodness, your secondary, if he was playing, it would be. Yeah. be really good. Fantasy football season is here, and Buffalo Wild Wings is your headquarters for your draft party. Buffalo Wild Wings has draft kits that include a draft board and player stickers. You won't go hungry with this dine-in fantasy bundle for your draft party. Get 50 traditional wings, 50 boneless wings, two trays of party wedges, party-sized chips and salsa, and a party queso dip, all for only $150. Plan your fantasy football draft party and get more details at your Buffalo Wild Wings in Fort Smith, Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, and Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Beer. Wings. Football. 
It's Christmas in July. Give your family the gift of true comfort this summer with an HVAC system replacement from Pascal. No packages to unwrap, no batteries to buy, and no assembly required. Financing is available for as low as $99 a month and no money down with up to $2,000 in tax credits and savings. Don't wait for December. Get your holiday savings now. Schedule your free estimate today. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Watchlist season continues as K.J. Jefferson was announced as one of the preseason guys for the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Award, one of 35 guys. Tommy, he's got some records that he's uh, chasing. He's career top 10 in completions, yards, touchdowns, passing games, plays, total yards, touchdowns responsible for. He had a really good completion percentage in both 2021-2022. Didn't eclipse Felipe's percentage, single-season record in 2020. But he's uh, he's climbing the list in a bunch of different categories here in Fayetteville. How many... I mean, you talk about all the stats. I still think to win some of these national awards, you got to be at nine wins? Yeah, nine, nine's the minimum, bare minimum, ten... I'm not talking Heisman. I mean, I think... Ten may be the, the minimum for yeah. for him at Arkansas. It's going to be really difficult to beat out Caleb Williams at USC um, for a lot of these. Um, History just says that will take care of itself, though, as far as Heisman goes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not some of these others. Of course, he's you know we're talking about two different positions. But I I don't know. It'd be inter- interesting. Yeah. To to see if if he can even with a good year. Eight or nine wins, break some of these school records. I, you know, how much run does KJ get? Yeah, got to beat LSU week four. Yeah, that set the tone. You beat it? you beat the best quarterback supposedly voted on by the SEC media in week four. People start paying attention to you. Not that they're not already, but they'll pay attention to you a little bit more in that situation. Number one thing KJ could do this year, though, is perhaps we've talked about wide receivers all morning. How can he make that group of guys that are not experienced at this level better? Mm-hmm. That, that's his number one job, right? He knows how to do all the number one jobs. How does he elevate those wide receivers? He has to do that as a quarterback. Yeah, and KJ's not perfect. We, I know we applaud his stats and what he does in accountability and leadership and stuff, but he's got to get better as well. I'm not sitting here and say, say you have a perfect gemstone, a perfect diamond at this point. He he has some elements of his game that he has to improve, and hoping him, Danny Oso, and that offense really take it to another level this next season. That's the hope. In 24 days, we'll get a better glimpse of that when they take on Western Carolina in Little Rock. Team USA is going to play again in this upcoming FIBA World Championship. Really young team. Even out in Vegas, Bobby Portis still hearing his name chanted. John Conley. Talk about it. It's going to be a tech. A double, I think. Yeah. And the Bobby chants here in Las Vegas. He hears a lot of this at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee. I bet he does. They beat Puerto Rico in this USA Showcase game, 117 to 74. You got Austin Reeves. You got two Arkansas kids on there. Mm-hmm. So in Team USA, you got two kids from one of the smallest states of the union. Was there 15 on the roster? That sounds right. Yeah, which is all. I mean, to he me, says with confidence. This, uh, I shouldn't ask. I didn't know the answer. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just. I, I don't want to say yes definitively. Yeah. But <laughs> 15 sounds. Yeah, right. I mean that. that I don't know what other state would have more representation. I haven't looked at the roster in that detail, but that—that that is something as Arkansans, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. We should be very proud of. Oh, uh, I call people Arkansas Razorback fans. Reeves is hey. from. Oh, check me on this. It, it just escaped me. Not um. Uh, Newark, I, is that right? Yeah, Newark. Yeah, Newark. Newark. Newark I, I think it's N E W A R K. Thank you for helping me on that. I had it. Or, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, slipped out the it's door. almost in Missouri. Yeah, so. that's uh, that's about right. Last see, it, we, everybody, real quick. Is he the biggest in-state miss we've had that no one thought at the time was a huge in-state miss? Or is he just one of these that blossomed late in life That we guy passed on or that we didn't get? That you just didn't get? I think it's really hard to overlook Malik or Kayvon. But, I, love, I mean, I love Austin. I love watching that kid This play. guy is running circles around him as far as a pro player, so... Yeah, I mean they're they're both both coming off the bench. Well, he just got the re-signed by the Lakers, so hopefully he'll. Uh, LeBron loves yeah. him. When you're lauded. no one ever at, talks about what what if he had come to Arkansas? Mm-hmm. What if he had been a Razorback? I, I don't know. Is it what do you? 
Did he go Wichita State, Oklahoma, NBA? I think I have that right. I think that's where he started his career and then ended up in Norman. And then, yeah, I believe that's right. All right, last thing here. Jerry Jones, we know he's good with business. The Dallas Cowboys, as uh, told by Sportico, they just uh, evaluated the most valuable franchise in the National Football League, evaluated them at $9.2 billion. Nearly two that billion. sounds low to me, Ty. Yeah, nearly $2 billion more than the next NFL franchise, the New York Giants, Rams, Patriots, Niners, Jets, Commanders, Bears, Eagles. Do you have the numbers beside that? Yes. So why is it that the Giants, how much is the Giants worth? 7, 7.04. And the Jets are worth what? 6.11. Wonder, wonder why there's that big a gap between those two, considering they serve the same media market. Super Bowls and the Giants are the more top popular team in New York. Most there's more there's more Giants fans in the New York, New Jersey area than there are Jets fans. I'll accept my, that answer. My brother is a huge Jets but fan. We know what the Washington Commanders or whatever they're going to be so, called. We yeah. know what they're worth because they just sold for six point oh five billion or whatever. Correct. I gotta believe if Washington is worth six, Dallas has got to be worth more than ten. We gotta remember it is billion. It's not. We're not talking. I understand. Billions. I understand. But this is a franchise that is netting over a billion a year in net income. If they win a Super Bowl, they should. You know that should help. You think? I do. It's still it's still America's team, and they haven't won a Super Bowl since what ninety five, ninety six. And they're still number one on the list. I know. Uh, I know you want that Super Bowl again, question. It's like, it's like this conference realignment conversation. We're paying attention to the wrong scoreboard. Mm-hmm. It's the one that you just brought up. Super Bowl win, you know, before you were born. Basically. Is there any Dallas Cowboy fan that wouldn't trade what the Patriots have had the last two decades than yeah. what they've had? Mm-hmm. It's not close. They don't care about being the most valuable team. They would, will win. Would Jerry trade it and go from $9 billion to three? Would he give a or, or no. cut it in half? Would Jerry cut half his value off to have you what the Patriots have had the last? You don't think he would, decades? Christian? Well, maybe now. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know the. I answer. think he would. I got wants to win. I don't he know. know I, I, you want to win, or do you, I mean, there's there's rich and there's well, wealthy, and then there's whatever he is. I say that. I say that he would take the winning instead of the money. But if he truly... But money is winning to some. Money comes with the yeah, winning, I feel like. I, I wonder... I would almost be undoing the argument because I feel like if he gave up the reins, or some of it at least, to a more... And I say more football-minded person. He didn't miss on Micah Parsons. Like, he's had... We act like the last 20 years he hasn't hit No one hit talks on about the hit. Yeah. He's hit on some guys. Yeah. It just hasn't... And, that, and you're assuming someone would be hired in that role that would just never miss. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like play calling. Well, if you'd only call this play to score a touchdown, well, you don't yeah. know that either. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Clay, you were looking good when I saw you over the weekend. Yeah, I've dropped uh, oh maybe ten or twelve pounds. Yeah. It's uh, I mean it just started a month ago. Y'all hadn't seen me, but I'd been you know walking my hill. You 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 drove to my house, Tommy. You you see that hill that goes down to the river, and if you walk all the way the highway, that's two point three miles. So I was doing that and back uh, every day, and. I didn't have any trouble with the hiking and the altitude. You know, was was okay too. After I'd been there a couple of days, 
So, yeah, I've, it's like well, one I don't backpack. know that I lost weight on my trip. I think I lost it going up to the trip and then probably maybe a little more. I have, Clay, I've started doing, you, you mentioned the incline. I've started walking uphill on a treadmill at a 15-inch yeah. incline and doing that, and it's done wonders. I mean, yeah. it, it appara- it's not as bad, apparently, on your knees as right on the pavement or whatever, which I was told by someone that's way more in shape than I am, that's the way to go. And, and you do 15 well, degrees? Mm-hmm. That's almost straight up. Is, yeah, that's, I can run. I mean, if, if I see a good meal getting away or a spot <laughs> in the river that's important, I can get there in a hurry, but there, there's, yeah. you know, I'm not going to do any more running the rest It'll of the I life. tried to get into Clay's freezer and get some of them Richard's fillets out Ooh. that he has, and he, I mean, he, he moved, he bolted you know, it's over gonna, across the room it's and got gonna, me. You know, whenever, Clay's not going to be at every game this fall, but when he does enter the press box and he sees me sitting there, he's just going to beeline yeah. and sprint to give me uh-huh. a hug. I can't wait for that moment of embrace, Clay. You know, I'm not really a hugger much, and especially, you know, with young guys. I mean, I just, I mean, there's something creepy about that. You know, two old men, that, that might be all right. Oh. Like, if I see Dudley, I usually hug him, and uh, but that's that's about it. I'll hug him, especially after the week he's been through losing his friend, uh, Charles Ballantyne. Yeah. Those guys were buddies. And we haven't, let, let's start there for just a minute, and then we'll, we'll get into these wide receivers. Um I mean, we hadn't had a chance to hear from you and yeah. on, on Charles's passing, and obviously, you know, authored, if you will, a very historical moment in Razorback basketball history with that win over North Carolina. But uh, I'm, I'm sure over the years you had multiple and different uh, interactions with Charles Ballantyne. Yeah, first of all, he's just a neat person. I mean, he was just always happy to see, uh, want to know how you're doing, and and uh, and he he was a, a big man. That would hug you. I don't. I just. He wasn't just tall. He filled out, uh, and you know, kind of like Dudley. I think they were in a race to see who could get to a double XL the fastest. Um, and they did. They both got there. Uh, and Dudley's accomplished. Dudley's still there. Yeah. Um, but it's you know what I remember. You know everybody talks about the shot against North Carolina. I mean he was about a seventy percent field goal shooter. I mean he worked around. That baseline, sneaky. I mean, in would get a tip in. You know, and those are those are usually baskets. But he he was really good at what Eddie Sutton asked of the the forward is to roam that baseline and slide in and out of the cracks because there's always somebody. You know, having to step up to stop penetration of, you know, the guards that they had. Um, I mean, they had good guards, but it just kind of left that guy free in those little those little crevices, and he could do it. And, Darryl, you know, like Daryl Walker did the same thing. Sidney did the same thing and worked that baseline. And I thought Ballantyne was, was really good in the Sutton system. Defense run the baseline, you know, on offense and, um, you know, just just a model of stability. You mentioned, Chuck, just kind of what he was a little bit off the court. I know the, yep. the two interactions we had or I had with him, one on the show and then one off the show, he's just fun to talk to. And Yeah, no, he's just a good guy. When you yeah. – and Chuck alluded to this a little bit last week. When you do something so significant in Razorback or that puts you in just an incredible echelon, it's you get you get um, old, like the same. Get asked about it every day, over and over again. But um, and I didn't want to like I didn't I didn't want to get into that. But he was again willing and forthcoming. So I just in the conversation I had, I thought it was really cool. He was incredibly well, nice and genuine. Yeah, I mean it's just. Uh, I mean, it was just his personality. I mean, yeah. he had that from the day, you know, he, he left Newport. Um, just just a fun guy to be around. Uh, always uh, says something positive and encouraging to you. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times when I saw him, he's like, man, nice job with the magazine. You and Dudley just, you know, y'all made a good team. We talked about that some. But he, he just was... That's just that was his nature and that was his vibes. And you know, you talk about guys that had that significant play, you know, whether it be US Reed, and you've had him on the show, I know, Ty, and mm-hmm. and he is well spoken. I mean, just sharp as attack. Scotty Thurman, I mean, how many times has he been asked about 
the shot, just like U.S. Reed. And every time he's going to, you know, he's going to hear, this is where I was when you made that shot. And they've heard everything you can imagine. You know, somebody's been in, in Germany when, you know, they watched, you know, long-distance TV, you know, yeah. satellite. But they, he's heard all that, and he, they always engage in, in check-in. And, you know, it's, that's just the way uh, those three guys are. And there's there's others that, you know, that don't mind reminiscing. Sydney's like that. Ron Brewer's like that. Marvin Delph. I mean, it, you just go through all of them. Todd Day, you know, Todd is, uh, you know, he, he'll he go through, hey, his little sparring deal with Larry Johnson. He, he's he's had to go through that a million times. Um, so, yeah, it's just, and, uh, you know, I think they enjoy it, and they enjoy being Razorbacks, and they, they know their legends, and that's pretty cool. And just a reminder, Charles's funeral is this Saturday at the Mount Comfort Church of Christ at 1 o'clock in Fayetteville. I know Dudley uh, put that out yesterday. Uh, Clay, again, football full pad starts on Thursday. The guys are off today, and we'll get a chance to see. We, we heard from, from Kenny Guyton, wide receivers coach at Arkansas. Also, Isaiah Satania, Fayetteville kid. Um, Andrew Armstrong coming in from Texas A&M Commerce, and they talked a variety of things. What what have you taken away from the wide receivers in in fall camp thus far, and then also some of the comments that were made yesterday by both of us? Yeah, thanks, Ty. I'm looking forward to watching practice tomorrow. I'm going to drive over from Fayetteville. I've already loaded my truck, uh, ready to go as soon as we're off the air uh, here at 9 o'clock. And then we'll do radio with uh, Phil Elson and Matt Jones at noon, uh, part of my new schedule, which I like. Um, But I'm looking forward to to seeing these guys. I I saw a little bit in the spring. They got length. Uh, Looks like they have the ability to catch the ball away from their body which uh, you know sometimes you see a guy and it's like well that he's got a lot of uh, assets but he's not going to make that tough catch because he he don't want to extend his arm and he doesn't want to expose his ribs the but I, I see these guys as being productive players they have uh, as much depth as, as I, I can remember they've got healthy competition that's all you can ask for in time uh, off the air a while ago we talked about uh, Jaden Hazelwood and he pretty much just knew he was going to be a starter from the time he transferred from Oklahoma. I I like what they're doing now mm-hmm. which is you know, I think Andrew Armstrong's probably a starter. I don't know about the slot whether it's going to be Bryce or it's going to be Satania um, but it's you know you just got to go through this, this you know the, the fall and see who who avoids ankle injuries or you know the sore wrist or you know like you just got to kind of work through it um, and you know all they've done so far is just gym class they they haven't they haven't tackled great point um, we don't know uh, about the offensive and defensive line. That's why I wait until until they put pads on. You know, there's some things you can tell if a team's in condition. You can tell if they've got a good attitude. They're they're workers. You know, in these first four, and you you find out really quickly. You know what they've retained from spring. You know who's stepped forward. Who's a little bit further advanced in the system. But until you put on those pads, you really don't know what kind of football team you have. I'd say that's a, a someone that's done this for how many years you've done it, Clay. That's probably a, a good assertion on your part. Tommy, you brought up, uh, again, bringing in guys from less heralded areas, Hillsdale College, A&M Commerce, Bowling Green. I think to Clay's point, I think that Andrew Armstrong is ultimately going to wind up as a starter. I think Isaac Tesla is, or Tesla, however you say his name, is going to ultimately end up as a starter. And the slot, I think, is between Bryce and Isaiah at this point. Is that kind of how you're feeling, how this wide receiver room, at least for game one, coming out of spring and and knowing what we have seen uh, in the 20 minute glimpses we get? And I think, you know, Chuck brought this up, and it's it's right because we were debating back and forth before Chuck got on the other morning about overreacting to one play when there's not even shoulder pads on. Yeah. And that happened with a play that Armstrong made. And these are all in short glimpses of 20 minutes of a two-hour practice. I, I'm with you. You said something earlier, and Clay, it was, it was, it was insightful what Ty said. Hey, we're not going to put a lot of stock into this until we get to, to the LSU game. And I, that's where I'm at with the wide receivers. 
They can have a great game against Western Carolina, Kent State. I, I'll put a little more into BYU, but uh, until you prove it to me at an SEC level, I'm not going to get carried away one way or the other. The one thing I'll say, Tommy, about that, and, and there's merit to all of that, um, first of all, catching a pass, throwing a pass without pads is is infinitely easier Throwing and catching with pads as a whole. You've got the shoulder pad zone, your arms, or they feel different. Uh, and also, once you put pads on, you know you can be hit. That changes things for wide receivers. And, and when they're playing against air or playing against, you know, defensive backs that can't, you know, that can't put the leather to you, uh, don't know yet. But I... I will say, and, and let's add Jaden Wilson to that list. I think Jaden Wilson's got a chance to start, too. I mean, I think he's, uh, before he broke his leg with that car accident, he was electric, and he looked like, you know, the big-time receiver they thought they signed, um, that it all was coming together. So let's, uh, let's see what happens uh, when they scrimmage, who makes plays and scrimmages, who drops it. That the, all of those things have yet to be determined. So, the wide receiver play in the scrimmages, how they block, and see, uh, none of y'all even mentioned that. You can get on the field. George Wilson, at the start, got on the field because he blocked, and then he caught passes. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if you're going to run the ball, wide receivers, they got to block. And, yeah. and I, I know y'all can give me all the numbers for. Uh, Trey Burks, and none of them show what he really was good at. Is at point of attack, they could throw it or they could run behind him. Because at two thirty-five, he was a mismatch for everybody that lined up, and he blocked them. Yeah, he and we brought physically that, whip yeah. them. We brought that up earlier. The wide receiver screens, and and it's not just catching it and getting the no, first down. It, it's about who's going to block it. We talk about wide receivers, but. The running backs are going to be pass catchers, too. And, yeah, and, and these think, guys, these wide receivers, going yeah. to you know, it's not always about scoring a touchdown. It's about getting a first down. They're going to they're gonna put pressure on you with the tight end game, too. I mean, it's, that's, the, that's the Eno system. Uh, but you're right. All those wide receivers, and I, I'm interested because Dan, Dan Eno's told me he's going to play two or three of those, those uh, running backs at the same time because – they're the best runners. <laughs> I mean, it's like you, you give well, them the ball either by handing it or throwing it or tossing it, and then I like them as a runner better than I like Andrew Armstrong. And we, I think maybe we discussed this with you. I can't remember. But I remember us asking this question. If K.J. and Rocket are your number one and two players on offense, and we're, we're excluding offensive linemen from this conversation, who's the third best? Yeah. And it may be DeBinion or A.J. Green, and, and you've got to find a way to get your best players on the field at the same time. So, to your point, the other reason you put those multiple running backs out there and maybe put them in a flanker spot or put them in a slot or put them somewhere else is because they're your best players. It takes me back to the to the year that A.J. Derby played quarterback and tight end, and they had Hunter Henry, and they had all these tight ends running around. Well, why were they out there? Well, they were your best players. Yeah, I, I'll go back a little further than that when you had Darren, Felix, and Peyton. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, exactly. let's get all those guys out there. Exactly right. block, or they'd throw it to him. You know, and Felix, they would run the, you know, the fake jet sweep or the jet sweep or the handoff to Darren. And, I mean, the linebackers, it puts them in a bind. A.J. Green can run that. He can run that system. And... You know, Rashad DeBinion is good. You know, he, he's a different player. I think, you know, he had a little bit of a kind of a pudgy belly by the time they got to the, to the bow game. I don't think there's anybody like that now on this team. He, he, he was, I think it was last week, he was like, yeah, weight room wasn't really a priority for me. And uh, now it's it's oh, it at this point. Yeah. So it was, uh, I thought that was just kind of funny initially. But uh, I think that's uh, a yeah, this Dominic time. Johnson, I, you know, I, I keep hearing good things about the way he's progressing. And he's 250. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I just dare you. Put all those guys out there, and I just dare a defense not to just, oh, we're not going to block that. We're not going to be responsible for that guy. We're not going to put anybody on that yeah. guy. Yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead and try that and a few you, times. You mentioned they got all those guys crisscrossing, and they run yeah. a tight end right down the gut. <laughs> Did you all see the highlight clip of Rocket running over that freshman linebacker earlier? He trucked him. Yeah. yeah. And that's, a, that's a welcome to the SEC moment. And you mentioned that the uh, wide receivers block. Another element is the pass blocking for A.J. Green, Rocket Sanders, Rashad DeBinion, Dominique Johnson. Like when they have to pick up blitzes and stuff, they're 
going to be, again, better at that. When KJ needs time to execute one of those deep balls, which is probably his best pass, they're going to hopefully be better in that element as well, Clay. Yeah, I think that's that's part of it. And, and uh, they... Uh, they had some success with running backs picking up blitzes. And, um, I like that part of their, you know, what they do, and that they're gonna they're gonna throw it deep, and they're gonna keep a guy in, and make sure they've got time to, to get it off. So, um, I think we kind of, you know, covered a lot of it. But I, you know, what I'm gonna watch uh, tomorrow specifically is. Kutas and Manuel, the two two offensive tackles, and I, I think this offense, to me, because they're really solid in a lot of places, I think they can go as far as those two tackles take them. Well, the, and, and can can you develop a backup center that you know? Sam talked about this at SEC Media Days. Can you develop a backup center that doesn't require another move when you have if you had an yeah. injury there? So you don't have to move no, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen, and I, I've I've seldom seen that where. Uh, your next best center wouldn't play in left guard or right guard. I mean, it just that's. He he that, mentioned he was hopeful that Wiggins would be able maybe, to fill that role. Maybe, uh, yeah, that's we'll, we'll, yet we'll, to be determined. Can you watch yeah. that for a second for us and then let us know? So. You know, it's the, that's the one spot that if you're at practice is really hard to see much because they're just you know there's just a mass of people there, and if you're on the sideline and looking in to see what the you know that's the last guy that you see. You just, you know, so if you're just sitting pull, up just high. Just pouring your way in there, Clay. You're Clay Henry. Just just elbow your way in there. Oh, you, you, know? well, you mean like climb a tower? Yeah, yeah. just get up there with Coach on the tower. Yeah. I get a better I, view that way. Yeah, I went up there with the camera guy, the, the eye in the sky. So, well, I there's a lot of things to watch for. And, I, you know, the backup center, I think that's a good point. Um, backup quarterback's the same way. You know, it's just those those two spots. When you get an injury, things can kind of come to a screeching halt pretty quick. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.